Hey, it's Justin, and I have a big announcement and personal invitation for you. This May, we're inviting a small group of people to Austin to learn how to grow their wealth tax-free and get access to some of my personal friends and experts in the industry. We did something similar last year, and the feedback was incredible, so we set aside a few tickets for non-Mastermind members to join us for this event. You'll spend some time learning from Garrett Gunderson, the brilliant and hilarious mind behind Money Unmasked, and the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Killing Sacred Cows, and one of my favorite books, What Would the Rockefellers Do? He's going to share his insights on how to grow your assets tax-free with life insurance. And you'll also get some time with Rob Dial, the mastermind behind the Mindset Mentor Podcast, who will share with you how to find fulfillment in success. Then you'll get to participate in a special investment presentation, in-depth discussions, and breakout sessions on two crucial yet often overlooked topics, personalized tax strategies and wealth building. Plus, when you register, you'll have the opportunity to attend a one-day course the day before on vetting deals. If you want to learn our process so that you can make great decisions, there's no better teacher than Hans Box. This is our most requested topic, and it'll be an exceptional course. Seats for the course and the one-day event are limited, so if you're interested, please grab your ticket today. I always say you're just one connection, one decision, and one strategy away from true freedom, and I look forward to helping you on your journey. Head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash live or click the link around this video and secure your ticket now before we sell out. Hope to see you in Austin this May. Once again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash live. I can't wait to see you there. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now, I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. In today's market, standing out is more than just having a unique product or service. It's about connecting with your audience on a deeper level. And today's guest, Colin Boyd, has mastered the art of translating brand values and company vision into engaging narratives that strike a chord with consumers. Colin is a certified speaking professional and one of the most compelling storytellers I've ever met. Not only has he advised major global brands such as Coca-Cola, Suncorp, and Fuji Xerox, but he's coached thousands of online experts like Amy Porterfield, James Wedmore, and Carrie Green on how to craft stories that convert and sell from the stage without being pushy or salesy. By putting his advice into action, you can transform your company from just another name in the crowd into a memorable brand that your audience can relate to and ultimately choose over the competition. In our conversation, 
You'll learn how to use storytelling to attract clients and supercharge your business growth, strategies for mastering your emotional state and exuding confidence when speaking on any stage, and how to transform your passion into a thriving business without burning out. One more thing before we get to today's interview. Colin has something special for Lifestyle Investor Podcast listeners. He's sharing his Sell with Story Guide, which is a step-by-step guide to instantly find and tell your signature story so that you can connect with your audience and get more clients without being salesy or pushy. You'll discover the three secret ingredients that your story must contain to ensure it persuades your audience to join your programs. To get access to this gift, visit lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash 143. Thanks for listening, and without further delay, my conversation with Colin Boyd. What's up, Colin? So good to have you on the show. Hey, it's great to be here, Justin. I'm excited. Yeah, well, first of all, it's uh, pretty apparent you got an awesome accent, so we should probably talk about how you got that. Probably happens uh, some little thing called birth and, you know, growing up in Australia, but I'd love to chat a little bit about uh, some of your early life and why you decided to move here to the U.S., to Newport Beach. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a wild ride, as life is sometimes. I know for for me, I've been married for 18 years, and I remember early on in my uh, marriage, having a conversation with my wife, and she said, babe, I'd love to come to the U.S. one day. Like, I'd, like she always just had that on her heart. She felt like she felt like God put it on her heart to do something like that with her life. And I felt, I was like, nah, <laughs> I'm not coming to the U.S. I love it in Australia. Uh, Australia is just a phenomenal country. It's just a beautiful country to grow up in, to live in. I, I mean, I just, I, I really loved it. And eventually, over the period of conversations, I joined some masterminds over in the US and just got exposed to the US market. And something really rose up in me that was like, wow, if we want to do something significant, I think the US, in terms of our industry, in the personal development industry, I was like, we need to get over here. We need to get over to the US. And uh, yeah, we moved over here six years ago. And I think the highlight has been meeting you. Well, that is incredibly (laughs) kind for you to say. I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going to write that, that was the down. <laughs> I just I want to make sure everyone heard that. That is that is really important. It's also good that you said that you you've been married for 18 years because yeah. I just want people to know you're off the market. This wonderful <laughs> accent, which tends to lure people in. I'm lured in as we're talking right now. I'm just like, oh, I want to hang out with you more. <laughs> yeah, it is so fun hanging with you. And and by the way, we've got some backstory, right? Mm-hmm. So some of my podcast guests are people that I haven't met or people that I don't know super well. And some of my podcast guests are my friends. And so you're a dear friend, someone that, I mean, we literally talk every single week. We're in a group. We're in uh, yeah. Wellspring together with Pete Vargas and many others. Brandon Turner, who I recently had uh, on the show as well. And we just have such a fun cadence and conversation. And so it's it's been a blast uh, this past year getting to know you and your wife and your family and and doing all kinds of you know, fun travel adventure trips. So it's great. It's always fun doing business together because I feel like it can get really lonely. You know, every entrepreneur listening here would know that, especially as you grow, as you start to go up the levels, it can really get lonely and it doesn't have to be. And that's what I've realized. And being involved in groups like, you know, like similar, like the group mastermind group that you run, the mastermind group that we're in, it just makes life so much more fun. And you just get to meet more people and you actually make a lot more money. So (laughs) (laughs) 
There's no doubt. It's a win-win, right? Yeah. I mean, you're you're adding value, you're learning a ton, you're you're getting exposure to all this other stuff, but then you're around people that you want to be around. I mean, I can't emphasize enough the importance of masterminds, peer groups, coaches, people that are playing the game of life and business and investing and wealth and entrepreneurship at the level you desire or at a higher level than what you even imagine for yourself, right? Like that's been the game changer for me. It's the key. It's so often because sometimes I feel like there can be some critical mindsets around, oh, you know, I wasted money on this program or I, I had a bad experience of a coaching program or a product or something. And I get that. Like to me, I've been in many programs, many masterminds, and there's been one or two that I was like, yeah, well, that wasn't really that great. I didn't really love that or I didn't really get what I wanted, but I always get what I needed. And there's, there was always something that came out of it. And so I know for me, I, I would not be at the level of business that we're at. You know, I wouldn't be able to even be qualified to be in the Wellspring if it wasn't for all the other programs that I actually went through to be qualified to be at a high level like that. I wouldn't be in the US, to be honest, if I wasn't in a mastermind program. And so I think you and I have just a, a real kind of camaraderie around growth and connection and contribution, which is really cool. Well, and one of the neat things about it is when you get around the right people, all it takes is one connection, one idea, one concept, one shift, one mindset tweak. I mean, that's it to, to justify whatever the price is. And, and some of these are very high price point. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. And, and you and I, we just got a chance to hang out with David Green, founder of Hobby Lobby. What an incredible man. And how fun was it? I mean, like, I talked about doing legacy planning and my version of legacy planning was child's play because <laughs> it, it was nothing compared to what we talked about. I mean, he started talking about 150 year legacy planning or, or not David, someone else yeah. built it. And, and I was like, and, and so this whole idea of multi-generational planning and, and all the things, the wisdom that needs to be passed down. So like wisdom values, not just the money, more importantly, all the other things before the money to and the assets to make sure that people are equipped to handle them. And I thought 150 year planning was big. And then David starts talking about a thousand year <laughs> planning. Do that. I still haven't got my planning. head around that. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's just incredible. It's I mean, what, what were your takeaways? Oh, uh, I mean, for me, it was, I think it was just a real nudge for me to get really clear once again and conscious of the values of our family, the vision of our family, how we want it to be. I mean, my philosophy is I personally am not going to set the values for the next families like that come out of our family. I want to give them that choice, to be honest. But for me, it was more just like, how do I want to live my life with our family and start to build a a culture of of contribution, a culture of growth, a culture of, and just continue to create a beautiful story. Like I feel like all of us have this like this baton hand to us in it, handed to us in our life, and we get this very short time to craft a, the story that we're called to craft uh, in the bigger story. And so it's more being able to do that with integrity and being able to do that with the right spirit and to live how we feel called to. Oh, I love it. Well, I just uh, released the David Green podcast. So Lifestyle Investors got a chance to kind of check that out and kind of learn. Oh, did you just have him on the podcast? Too? I did. I did. That's insane. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that guy just thinks at a whole nother level. Oh, and it is inspiring yeah. and it is humbling. And someone made the comparison of David Green being a modern day Solomon. 
known as the wisest man, right? From historical standpoint, like if you, if you look at like all the different accounts, Solomon was revered, not just regarded, but revered as like the wisest man to ever live. And so it's cool seeing what many would consider like a modern day version of that. Someone very wise, someone very successful, but is humble and is just so pleasant to be around and cares so much for people and for future generations. And and he's living it in his family. It was cool oh, to see his kids and his grandkids. It's so rare to, to see people at that level and to have that level of humility and that level of detachment from all of the things to be so focused on growth and also be not attached to any of the things. It's fascinating. And it was also cool having John Maxwell there. I mean, I got a chance to hang with John Maxwell and just talk to him a bit and share with him how appreciative I am for all the content he's put out, the books and just everything that he's done over the years. But to see how he regards David Green was really cool. But then the flip side of seeing how David regarded John and the two just had this mutual admiration and respect for one another is really cool. And they had never met before. It's kind of like you and me. Whenever people see you and I, you and me together, they're just like, wow, Colin and Justin, that is incredible. I love it. I love it. Hey, if I could be mentioned in the same sentence, let alone paragraph as you, I'm feeling like I'm paragraph. doing pretty good. So that's, uh, that's good. Well, I'm excited about our time here. And before we get into even some of the nuts and bolts, I also should just ask, for those that are listening and not watching, what color are you wearing today? You know where I'm going with this. You know where I'm going. I know where you're going. I was actually playing with my colors just before I jumped on this, mate. It's a deep winter blue. A deep winter blue. How about yourself, Justin? Are you on this journey? I've got a royal blue. I haven't gone through it yet, but uh, go ahead and and tell our audience a little bit about what you and Sarah have done. So when we were hanging out last time, I, I said to Justin, I said, I just had my color palette done. And he's like, you what? <laughs> I was like, my color palette. I did give you a hard time, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. You were like, you were giving me the hardest time ever for a good couple of minutes. And then my persuasive abilities were able to... Uh, you penetrated me. <laughs> manipulate your mind around to to eventually, you're like, hey, do you have the details of that person who helps you to get your color palette? Oh, I love it. Well, I'm excited to just see what other colors are out there that I can wear. I mean, so I've done this not uh, creatively or strategically. My favorite color is blue. So anyone who watches anything I do, I probably have some color of blue. I wear a lot of solid colors of blue. I probably have like 30 or probably over 30 different blue colored shirts and polos. Yeah, well, you've got blue eyes. You've kind of like there's a resonance there with it. But it'll be fascinating to see what you come out. I came out as deep winter. It's like a color palette. So uh, created colorful was the program we used. But yeah, it was really cool. It just helps you to understand what colors to wear. Because I'm trying to speak to Justin's rational mind as well. Because I'm like, dude, you go into a store and so often you just pick a few things. and You're like, that looks pretty good. And then you come home and you're like, it doesn't look that good. And I know for me, so often I would just pick things off. And then when you know what color you are, you actually don't waste money on the stuff that won't look good. You actually save money on not buying the wrong things and you buy more of the right stuff. So That's right. And and so I'm like looking up in my text messages, unless you know it off the top of your head, what the color palette 
company is. Yeah, it's createdcolorful.com. There it is. Yeah. So check that out. Yeah. We don't get anything for you doing it. I just oh, think no, it, they, it will they won't be even fine. know that we sent it. Just say <laughs> Colin and Justin sent us. <laughs> and they're going to have no clue. Yeah. yeah I have no it. clue what's going on. <laughs> Very fun. So let's dive in. And just as a side note, I'm really sorry that you are deep winter. I'm hoping that I'm summer or spring or something. <laughs> but with that, all that out of the way, I'd love to talk about your journey of becoming an entrepreneur because you work corporate America for a bit. And I feel like it, it crushed you, like it crushed your spirit. And you weren't wired for that. And you learned it. You learned it because I remember in a conversation or I remember reading this or hearing this where basically you could do it, but it just sucked the life out of you is kind of how I think it was explained. So walk us through what that was like. Yeah. So, I mean, for me coming out of college, my first job was in marketing. I actually worked for uh, Jones Lang LaSalle in commercial real estate, and I, but I was in their marketing team. And uh, very quickly, I realized that I was not very good at this job. And I came in really excited, wet behind the ears, had no idea what was going on. And I realized that I was just in this job that just wasn't suited to my personality and was fascinating. What happened was I'm working in the job. It's, it's going okay. But what happened was I got asked to do a presentation for a, it was like the, they were doing like a global conference. And I got asked as I was like the young marketing guy to do a presentation on one of the projects we we're working on. So I prepared the presentation. I did it. I got off and I remember the marketing, the global marketing director came up to me after and he's like, oh my gosh, Colin, that was such a great presentation. I love the way you did this, this, and this. Would you want to get involved in some of these ideas? And he's starting to like lean me towards getting involved in these like global projects. And he's, and off on the side, what he doesn't know is like, I'm really bad at what I was doing. <laughs> Like, like I'm actually not good at my job yet, right? Right. I, you know, I was just starting out. I wasn't good at my job. But what was fascinating, my revelation was that, oh my gosh, like when you speak on a stage, you can actually create a level of influence, a level of authority, a, re- a level of trustworthiness that you can't get through just like general day-to-day stuff. And it started to make me fascinated about the idea of like speaking. And what actually speaking would be. And so eventually, just before things were going to go really bad in that job, I ended up leaving it. But I remember coming through that experience and just feeling very disheartened. I don't know if anyone's had an experience like that, like where they were just like, oh, I thought that I was going to be good at that. I thought I was going to have a great experience. And it was just horrible. I remember telling myself, wow, I I must be... No, I told myself that I've wrecked the foundation of my corporate career because I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. I had no intention of being an entrepreneur. And I told myself, I have wrecked the foundation of my corporate career. And I remember it took many years of moving through different kind of jobs. And eventually, actually, I discovered coaching. So I discovered life coaching. And I remember this particular life coach came up to me and we were talking about this situation. And I had a lot of emotional triggers around it, like a lot of kind of emotion. I don't know if anyone's had experiences in their past where basically they have like, you have emotion come up as soon as something consciously or unconsciously triggers it. And I had a lot of triggers around just being in the workplace, to be honest, like being in a meeting. When I got asked to speak at a meeting, I would freeze up because I remember I had so many bad situations of being in meetings. And what happened was in the coaching experience, he helped me to work through some of the emotions. So I just got fascinated with coaching. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what is this technology that you can move through past emotional things very quickly? And then what happened was I started getting into speaking. And so what happened, I, I got my first speaking engagement as a life coach at the age of, I think I was like 28 at the time. So I don't know what I was life coaching, by the way, back then, like at 28, 
My grandma <laughs> said to me, she's like, Colin, how can you be a life coach? You know nothing about life. And I'm like, you're kind of right. Like, I, I really know nothing about life. But she didn't understand. It was about asking questions. But anyway, I spoke. What happened was I had no clients in my life coaching business. And I spoke in an event. And this event, I was petrified to speak at. Because you remember, like, I've had all these bad experiences in the workplace and even in meetings. And, and I, oh, you've, I would freak out and shake and everything like that. I remember my wife. You know my wife, Sarah. She's amazing. She's on my arm walking up the stairs of this, my first speaking engagement. And I'm really on her arm, even though she's hanging on to mine. And the event organizer, he comes to me. He's like, Colin, I'm so excited you're here. This is the biggest event we have ever had in our history. We've got 137 people here live tonight. And in my mind, this is like the worst news ever, right? Because <laughs> in my mind, I'm going, great. I am just going to look like an idiot in front of more people, right? The biggest crowd they've had. But what happened was I got up and I spoke. And uh, at the end, I made an offer. And I didn't realize it, but that offer was an irresistible offer. And out of the 137 people, 125 of them gave me their details. And I followed up. And I ended up signing 12 full-time coaching clients from there. And then four days later, HP called me, Hewlett Packard, and asked me to speak at their next global conference, which had five and a half thousand people. That was my first paid speaking gig. And I uh, worked with HP for 10 years, traveled around the world, spoke with companies, like huge companies, corporations all around the world. But really, it all led, it, for me, it all came from speaking, from telling my story, from sharing concepts and ideas from stage. And that's what got me obsessed with speaking and storytelling. Well, I love it. I love like hearing the story of how it all got started, that you're not a speaker by trade. You weren't comfortable. You were very uncomfortable. I mean, I remember some of my first speeches and I was just so scared, so nervous. My voice would shake. My hands would shake because back then you would hold paper, you know, <laughs> and you'd speak from paper and my pages would shake. Oh, absolutely. I remember happening to hold uh, my hand would shake so much. If I had the paper in my left hand, I would grab the paper. I would grab my hand with, I would have two hands holding the paper, trying to keep it steady, but it just kept on shaking more. Oh, it's so funny, man. I got to tell you, I figured out a few hacks to it and having like a bigger stack was good. Having some weight to the paper, but <laughs> bring the man, book up. <laughs> yeah, book right. Up. I, I just remember at the beginning, it was really nerve wracking, but yeah. I'm so thankful for those skills because today I use them all the time and I'm mm. very comfortable and, and actually not only that I'm comfortable, I enjoy it. I like it. Yeah. It's it's very fun. It's very like, to me, speaking is pretty calming. Mm. And that's, that sounds odd. But when you have enough reps, that's kind of what happens, right? I agree. Well, I think a lot of the time, it's when you get your focus right. Yeah. Because what, what most people have is when you're starting out, when you don't have enough reps, it's kind of like, go, like, it's almost like going to the gym. When you first go to the gym, you feel really self-conscious, right? You, you're looking at the piece of equipment and you don't know how to use it. You get on it. And maybe it's like a back machine and you're using it for your abs. And you, you try, have you ever done that? I've done that before. I have used machines incorrectly for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a back machine and I'm trying to do an ab workout on it. And it's just like not working. I'm like, ah, that's because it's supposed to go the other way. And But it's kind of like that on stage when you first start any sort of speaking. And even if it's like a virtual speaking, like if people run webinars or they do sort of virtual meetings, like it can feel so clunky at the start. But what happens is eventually you kind of move your focus away from you and you start focusing on the audience and you start focusing on how can I genuinely contribute in a way that changes people's lives? And when you make that shift, that focus, you move from being focused on self, which is fear-driven, to being focused on contribution, which is conviction and contribution-driven. And when you do that, the whole energy shifts in your speaking. 
I love it. Well, it's cool hearing how you got started because people know you today as a coach of many of the biggest names in many big industries and the influencer space in the online space, yeah. but also then again in the corporate space, because you've worked with Coca-Cola, you've worked with Suncorp, I mean, you've worked with some really big companies. So I like hearing the story of what it's like to get started. But what's crazy to me is that out of your very first speech, you landed HP and that your very first paid speech was little <laughs> over 5,000 people, 5,500. I mean, that is just nuts. I'm standing on the stairs of this hotel after one of those coaching sessions that I did, right, from the, the speech and my mobile rings and the guy was like, hey, I'm calling from HP. I loved your presentation the other day. We've got a training day coming up. Would you be open? Would you have time in your calendar for it? And I'm like, I've got, first of all, I've got nothing on. So, but I'm like, <laughs> let me check my calendar first, right? And I checked my car, I had nothing on. And I'm like, yeah, I can do it. And then he was like, how much? And I gave him a number that my coaching industry told me to, like my coach told me to say, and I think it was like 3,000. I said, oh, it's $3,000. And I'm thinking this is like the biggest number ever, right? Like three, I'd never earned $3,000 to do like a two-hour presentation before. And they did not blink an eye. Like they were like, oh, easy. Like they, they literally like responded almost like laughing. And then at the end, I, that was when I asked them and I said, oh, I forgot to ask how many people are going to be at this presentation? And they're like, there will be probably five or five and a half thousand at the presentation. And I remember dying. Like, oh just my the, goodness. First of all, I'm thinking, I can see why they didn't blink at, at $3,000 because it works out to about what, like 60 cents a person. But second of all, I'm like five thousand, five and a half thousand people. But the lesson that I learned in life, Justin, was this, was that, if something shows up in your life that is in alignment with your purpose, if it shows up in your life and it is in alignment with where you want to go, you are ready for it. And so one of the beliefs that I had so often in my life, things have shown up like big opportunities, coaching the biggest people in the world with millions of followers. And sometimes they show up in my life. It could be a big deal or something like that. Obviously, you got to do your due diligence. But from one of my beliefs is that if something shows up in my life and it feels outside of my comfort zone, but it's in alignment with the purpose that I feel on my life, like the direction I want to go, it showed up in my life because I'm actually ready for it. Mm, I like that. And so I chose that belief early on and that belief continued to lead me to like the next level and the next level because so often people shy away. They're like, I'm not ready for that. Like I could have said, I'm not qualified. I haven't been paid before. Like who am I to speak to HP? I'm 28 years old. I literally look at the videos, Justin. I, I look like a 12-year-old. <laughs> and I think the average age in the room was about 45. And I'm like a 28-year-old kid speaking to five and a half thousand HP employees, which led to a 10-year contract with them, by the way. Like I, I spoke with them all around the world, all their employees. It was insane. But what's crazy was that it started from this place of that if it showed up in my life, then I'm ready for it. And that's that's a nice little belief that's really served me and helped me. Oh, that's incredible. And by the way, that that to me is like a, a little bit of a mindset hack, which is you're doing the pre-work. And the pre-work is you're conditioning yourself to say, whatever comes in the future, I'm ready for it, right? So you're, I mean, that's some like mental jujitsu right there, where I feel like most people aren't thinking about that. They're not equipped for that. In the moment, they experience whatever they experience, but you're giving yourself the mental reps ahead of time that, no, whenever things show up, I'm ready for it. I might have never done it before, but I'm ready for it. 
Yeah. I'm ready for that level. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it takes a lot of courage to do that, to say yes to that. And but the entrepreneurial journey is a journey of courage. It's a journey of ups and downs and and but saying yes and then working out how. Oh, it's a powerful preframe. Uh, and I love that. So one of the things that you're world class at is using storytelling to grow your business. And and that's kind of what your your flagship program and platform is, right? Where Sell From Stage Academy is is your big business and you've got you know, a lot of people have gone through a lot of big names, but just tons of people. Yes. You help entrepreneurs share stories in a way that captures the audience's attention and you can help them scale your business by being these effective storytellers. And I'd love to hear you talk more about that because you're world class at it. Yeah. Well, for me, the story, so there's like two levels that we're referring to here. So I really help entrepreneurs and experts, coaches, a lot of entrepreneurs to design presentations that sell their stuff. That's the core of it. But inside there, there are so many, there are a few different levers that people can pull. And I think one of the easiest lever to pull on to start is your story. And so often people make the mistake of thinking that the story about them getting into business, which is kind of like what you asked me at the start, you were like, oh, how'd you get into it? And we started with the accent. So you you started me in a place that I wouldn't normally start with, which is totally fine. But it's like, so often we get asked that question. If you're a listener and you want to be on podcasts or you're on podcasts, you're going to get asked that question. If you're doing any presentation or even in front of a client, they're going to ask you like, tell me your story. How'd you get into it? And so often people make the mistake of thinking that that story that they're about to share is actually is about them. They think that that story, like we think that our story is about us, but our story when it's told right is actually about the audience. And and when it's told in the right way, the audience has this embodied experience where they're listening to your story, but they're hearing theirs. And so they have these moments of going into your story and thinking, wow, this is really a cool story. It's an interesting story. It's fascinating. And then they go, oh, but I kind of feel like that as well. And, you know, I've struggled with that as well. I would love to achieve that as well. And they start making this internal connection of of going, wow, that's a cool story, but it's also, I want to hear my story. I know for me, when I read your book, Justin, hearing your story about your journey, about starting in your investing journey, and then even the foreword with um, Ryan Dice, like I was reading, uh, was it Ryan Dice? He's the, Ryan Levesque. Ryan yeah. Levesque, sorry, Ryan yeah. Levesque. There's a few Ryans in the industry. Ryan Levesque, I meant to say, Ryan Levesque's story and he is a digital entrepreneur, similar to me, similar to you as well, uh, right? He's, like he's in this kind of expert space. And I'm listening to his story and I'm going, oh my gosh, that's the story I want, right? And because I'm like, I run a successful business like Ryan. And I'm like, and, and I'm like, I want to go on that investing journey. And so that for me, that's a classic example of when he's telling his story, but I'm actually hearing my story. And so when you design it right, you tell your story and the audience goes, they, they answer three questions. This is the three questions they answer. They answer the first question of that, this person understands me. So in your story, you have to answer that first question of like, wow, this person really gets me. They understand what it's like to struggle. They understand what it's like to have a desire to do something bigger and not know how. The second question you have to answer is, this person can lead me. In other words, they've actually done something with their life. You know, when I hear your story, Justin, the wealth you've created, the cash flow, the, you know, retiring at the age of 12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. As you do. That's generous. That's generous, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, 
retiring at such a young age and uh, you know and then obviously the people who can retire basically never retire because they've actually they actually have a real desire to do something bigger as well that's right but it's like they can lead they're like oh my gosh they've actually done this and when they hear your story when they hear my story hopefully they're going to go like these they're the real deal like they actually they live this thing this is not just a theory or a concept they can actually do it and then the third question you have to answer is is there a path that i can follow in other words, to get the result, is there a path that I can follow? And for you, it's, it's yeah, you have to take on this mindset of becoming a lifestyle investor, right? It's not when people ask you, oh, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm a lifestyle investor, right? It's like, that's an identity. For me, it's taking on the pathway of becoming an irresistible speaker, an irresistible communicator, and using that vehicle to attract more clients and convert them into your programs and, and move them into your programs and make more money, make more impact, all that sort of stuff. So what are some of the shifts that you made? Like, what are examples of, I mean, you basically pivoted from corporate America to coaching and then from coaching into building stages, right? Teaching people how to build their audience, grow their business via stage. What are some of the iterations that you were able to take in your storytelling process about you or your business that you saw some of the biggest leaps of growth from? Hmm. Who I think over the journey, I mean, a lot of it's organic. And so as much as I wish I could say, oh, it's been this specific strategy, a lot of it is just putting one foot in front of the other. And so often that metaphor of, you know, you're kind of shining the light and everything's very hazy in front of you and you can see the next few steps. And that is definitely like part of the journey. I would say for me, in terms of this journey, realizing that any sort of stage or platform I can get on is going to be a positive in terms of my business growth was a huge revelation. And to be quite frank, I didn't have that revelation until about four years ago because I, I didn't start teaching entrepreneurs how to use presentations to sell until four years ago. Like I used to teach productivity. I used to teach personal growth, like more general personal development. And so when I was speaking in corporations, I was teaching productivity, personal growth, like a lot more general subjects. And then four years ago, I had an entrepreneur come to me and she was like, Colin, that's all great. All your personal growth stuff and your, and your productivity stuff. But she's like, I want to know how you speak. I've seen you speak before and sell from the stage and you do it just so effortlessly. She's like, that's what I want to learn from you. And then that was, that started a revelation of, wow, like this is really powerful. And so, and then I made that red ribbon link that kind of link through all of my journey. I was like, it's so right. Every time I've either been on a podcast like this or been on a stage or, or ran an event myself or ran a webinar. I've always seen growth in my business. And so that was when I when I realized, wow, that's the thing that I want to like teach and learn. And I think there's a few different elements to this. So one element is getting on other people's stages. And our common friend Pete Vargas talks about this a lot. Like using podcasts. Like for me, I've been on various podcasts. I was just on Amy Porterfield's podcast. I was just on Jenna Kutcher's podcast, um, The Gold Digger. Like they're like really big platforms. Those platforms like just catapult your name, your reputation, everything, right? Like everything's amplified. So getting on other people's stages has been huge, but also creating my own ones. And so that could be, you know, setting, it could be as simple of, as emailing my database and going, hey, I'm going to run a virtual meeting on this time at this day, and I'm going to discuss these three topics. Would you like to come? And it's going to be an intimate meeting. There's a, it's going to be limited to 20 people or 50 people. 
and you just get on there, talk about a few topics and then talk about the next steps for people who want to implement the system. And something like that, like it's guaranteed to grow your business because people get connection, they get trust, and then they get ready for the next level. Yeah, you're gaining in one fail swoop, you're gaining the potential for a lot of new customers, which is great. And even if it's not like a, an instant transaction, your name's out there. And, and maybe when they hear it again, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth time, they kind of come into the door. But I think this is important for everyone to hear that it, it doesn't have to be like physical stages. It certainly can be. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, a lot of people have that ability. But I think it's important to note that you maybe have no experience in that space. You wouldn't consider yourself a speaker, but the audiences you can get in front of could be just massive for your business. And so that could be a virtual stage. That can be a podcast. That can be even, you know, um, just in someone else's newsletter, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, as like a step one. So I think it's important as a business owner And for those, maybe you're in corporate America and you're saying, hey, at some point I want to be a business owner, I want to be an investor, Um, using these platforms to pivot to what it is you want. And if you're where you want to be, it's to grow it to where you want, right? Mm. Oh, it's so true. Like, I remember for me back in the day when I used to do a lot of coaching in corporations, I'd coach a lot of executives. And I just naturally leant towards, hey, have you ever thought about speaking a little bit? You know, they're working for a company and I'm like, have you thought about speaking a bit? Like, there's a conference coming up on this topic why don't you pull together a case study of something that you've done in the company and put yourself up there to spend up to there to speak? And they're like, why would I speak? Like, why would I speak at that thing? Right. I'm doing my job. And then what would happen is we would design a presentation. They would go and speak. They would get off and they'll and they'll literally call me up and be like, Colin, I just had four major job offers at like the biggest companies in the world from that speaking engagement. This is crazy. And it's because there's something innate about being on a stage. It naturally gives you authority. So as soon as someone sees you speaking on a platform, they go, that person obviously is good at what they do. Now, now it's a it's an unconscious thing. Whether that's true or not is a whole nother thing, right? So obviously you do have to be good at what you do. But but it's just unconscious. People go, they're good at what they do because they're they're on a stage. They wouldn't be on that stage if if they weren't good at what they do. And then the the second thing is there's connection. There's like this, you actually get to experience someone. And for me, a stage is visual and auditory experience. Now, so so for me, I really like the idea of visual and auditory because that it just creates a deeper connection. And, and then thirdly, you get the leverage. You get that leverage experience of one-to-many rather than one-to-one. And I love one-to-one. I think, I think one-to-one is beautiful, especially if you're selling higher ticket programs and stuff like that. But the one-to-many experience just adds so much leverage, connection, and yeah, just authority in that process. Yeah, I love it. So Colin, I know you've got a few programs and I'd love for our audience to kind of learn what it is that you do. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so obviously if people want to connect with me for free, they can go and connect at the Expert Edge podcast, which that's the podcast that we run, Expert Edge. And I think when it comes down to it, one of the first areas that people love to really discover is their story. And so because I find that if you discover your story and it's specifically what I call your conversion story, so it's not like a regular story, it's your conversion story. That's the story that you connect with your audience when you tell it, but you also move them towards your program. So if you have something that you sell, it will automatically move them towards your programs or your offers or whatever you're selling when you tell it, your conversion story. And so if people are curious about that, they want to design that, that's like the simplest way to start. You can just go to conversionstoryformula.com. I know you guys will put the link in the show notes, but that's a really nice way to kind of kick off 
and really discover your story and move towards that thing. Uh, I think that's the easiest place to start. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for people to learn more about you. You've got my highest endorsement and you know I'm excited to continue to run all of our stuff through you and by you to get your insight. And um, I just really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some wisdom with us here today. So thanks, Colin. Oh, mate, it's been a pleasure. I hope I trust it's added value and great. I'm looking forward to connecting with your audience. Oh, yeah, this has been just fantastic. And I do like to end every episode by asking my listeners one simple question. So if you're listening, if you're watching, and this is not for this is not a question to you, Colin, you're off the hook. This is a question for them. Oh, come on, Ski. Come on. So you're good. But my question is this, what's the one thing holding you back from true financial freedom and living the life that you desire on your terms that you learned from this episode today? Something that you can take to implement and conquer this milestone in your life. I'd love to hear more about what it is. So email us, let us know. We'd love to support you. But uh, take action today. Find something that you can use to move to that life that you've always desired. Thanks. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who would benefit from this episode, would you mind sharing it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all resources mentioned, visit www.lifestyleinvestor.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor. This podcast is being made available exclusively to financially sophisticated, high net worth individuals capable of evaluating the merits and risks of investments. The material presented in this podcast is not intended to be investment advice or to recommend the purchase or sale of any security, nor is it intended to be legal, accounting, or tax advice. You should consult with your legal, tax, or financial advisor in connection with any material discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative nor a guarantee of future results. Certain materials discussed on this podcast may have been prepared by third parties, which have been obtained from sources that we believe to be accurate and current. However, we make no representation or warranty as to the accuracy, completeness, or currency of such materials.